We've been on a series for a little bit now, and the series is titled Saved to Live. And we've been preaching about that as I felt in my heart that many times people understand when they're saved, their sins are forgiven, and one day they're going to make it to heaven. But often we forget that we were saved also to live here and now. You see, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And so we've been preaching the series of how God has saved us for something here as well. He has a plan and a purpose for us, and he wants us to live full and complete. We've shared a couple messages now. We shared saved to live abundantly. And last weekend, we talked about saved to live free. And uh, that was a, a great interesting message. I enjoyed preaching it. Today, specifically, we're going to talk about the fact that we are also saved to live healthy. Now, when we talk about health and healing, there are so many scriptures that obviously I'm not going to give them all to you today, but I do believe that part of salvation to be made whole is and includes our health, okay? Again, as we Begin our service with communion. There's two parts to communion. Everybody remembers, right? There's bread and blood. Why is there two parts? There's two parts because the price Jesus paid was for our bodies and our spirits. Okay? So we'll talk a little more about that as we go. But Christ saved us to live. Ephesians 2 and verse 4. It says, God was merciful. We were dead because of our sins, but God loved us so much, he made us alive with Christ. And God's gift of undeserved grace is what saves you. God raised us from death to life with Christ Jesus. And he has given us a place beside Christ in heaven. So we clearly see Christ died. His reason for it was to bring us life. Life now and, of course, eternal life in heaven. Jesus paid the price for you and I to live healthy. 1 Peter 2 and verse 24, we read this. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. The stripes mean the whipping, the beating, the breaking of his body. That is for your healing. Now, as I mentioned about communion, always when we do communion, I like to read from 1 Corinthians 11, and we read those uh, few verses there about taking the bread and taking the cup, but it actually continues past that, a little bit of teaching about it. And that's in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 29. And Paul, who's writing to the believer, says, He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. He is bringing this to them and basically saying, there's a lot of you that don't understand the purpose of his body. You see, he didn't mention about them not having their sins forgiven or understanding about heaven. He mentioned they didn't discern the body and they're weak and sickly and some have died. So it is important for us 
to understand he paid a price with his broken body. I've said this before, if he only needed to shed his blood, then God must be really in a rough shape to make him go through all those other things for nothing. He didn't go through them for nothing. Did you know that everything he suffered was for you and I? The humbling him in front of people, putting a crown of thorns on his head and beating it on, then hitting him and saying, who hit you, prophesy. Every one of those things was for you and I to receive healing. And I pray they're not in vain on you and I. Because if he'd only need his bloodshed, there would have been a simpler way. But no, every part of his walk would provide something for you and I. And when we read scripture, we see that Jesus came to heal all who came to him. Now before I go to another verse, I want to share a story of healing. And I'll share a couple as we go. Uh, For many years, my wife and I were in evangelism and worked with youth and also, of course, now pastoring for a number of years. And we've seen many people healed throughout the years. We've experienced healings ourselves as well. And when I go back to think, I want to share stories of healing, there's so many I could share. But I thought, why don't I share kind of a recent one? And yesterday morning, my wife and I were actually in Sylvan Lake, and we were there with a couple. Actually, my wife and I were receiving some ministry, because even pastors get ministry, in case you didn't know that. And we got some great ministry down there. I tell people we got tuned up, just like you tune your vehicle up for fall, so we're good. We're good again. But getting ministry is important. But while we were there, I thought, you know, we want to pray and bless them before we leave as well. And it turns out that the lady there, there was a couple that we were ministering back and forth with. The lady had extreme pain in her neck and upper back. And when I asked her about it, she said, well, I have spurs in my spine. That's what causes all the pain. And there's this neck and muscle issue. So I said, oh, well, that's good. We can pray for that and God can heal it. I've seen God heal backs so many times. It's just like something that's so easy and natural for him. Or maybe easy and natural for me. Maybe I have more faith for that. But we've just seen so many. And so we prayed for her. Anyhow, she received complete healing when by the time we were done, there was no pain anywhere in her neck. I believe that means the, heels, the spurs were gone. And she could turn in every way. And as we were praying, she said she felt this heat in her ear. And said she didn't even know that there was anything wrong with her ear. But uh, so completely healed by the time we're done prayer. And her testimony was, I always ask people, well, how does it feel? I don't believe in fake healings. If God's really healing you, you'll sense a difference. It'll be real. I asked, how does it feel? And she kept going, wow, wow. Wow! So that's a great testimony. Wow works for me because we serve a God who heals. Now Jesus healed all who came to him believing. In Mark chapter 2 verse 3 we read this. It says, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. 
Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Now I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Jesus has looked at these men who brought their friend and he says, Great is your faith. Seeing their faith, it says. Whose faith? The four men who brought him. Did you know when you bring someone to church, you're putting your faith in operation? You bring someone because you know they could really use this. They could, it would be good for them to feel the love of God or to hear the scriptures. When you bring someone, your faith begins to operate. And these men did that. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And if you've read this story, you know the religious leaders get really upset. How dare you tell someone their sins would be forgiven? Who are you? And Jesus said that you might know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He says, I'm also going to say to him, get up and walk. He says, what do you think is easier, one or the other? And he looks at the man and says, get up, take your bed, and go home. And the man gets up, takes his bed, and walks home. This is a powerful story, a true story, that shows clearly that Christ came to do two things for people. Forgive their sins, because without unforgiven sin or without receiving Christ, what good would it do you to be completely healthy as you make it your way to hell? Does any new people here, you're like, did he say that? I did. So Jesus, first of all, said, hey, your sins need to be forgiven. But he didn't stop there. He also said, take up your bed, get up and walk. He's that good. And as we read through Scripture, we see that Jesus healed all who came to him. Mark 5 and verse 22. It says, then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. And Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. Now, if you're someone who likes to take notes and you want to read through all of this after, I encourage you to just write them down, because I'm going to tell you some of it, but you can read the whole portion at home later today if you like. But in this story, as the story continues, Jesus is heading to Jairus' house. There's a crowd around him, bumping into him and elbowing him, and all of a sudden he stops and says, Who touched me? You see, just a little bit before, there was a lady who had an issue of blood, it says, for 12 years. And she'd seen many doctors, but no healing came. And she said within herself, one of the Gospels tells us, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And as we read in one of the other Gospels, she didn't just say it within her, she said it out loud, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And finally, she took action. And she went and touched the hem of his garment. She received healing immediately, but I want you to see something in this story. Jesus stops and says, somebody touched me. What he meant was somebody touched me believing for something. And he says, I felt healing power go out of me. This is very key to healing and receiving healing. If you don't believe it, it's not yours. You see, often people come to God 
with the sense of, well, if I bump into him or some miraculous thing just happens out of the blue, I'll take it. You don't receive healing by bumping into him, by accident. You receive healing by believing for it. And scripturally, you can see it again and again. You believe how? First, in your mind, you're thinking about it and you believe it. Then you speak it. Then you take action. All three are important. I found out nobody takes action if they haven't thought about it first. Well, okay, maybe a couple kids do or two-year-olds. You know, they'll think about anything. They take action. But adults, typically, if you're going to do something, you think about it first. Then you speak it. Then you do it. And for this woman, that's what she did. She took action. My wife received a similar miracle. Some who have attended for a while may have heard this miracle. But as I mentioned, we have five kids. Our oldest is 22. After our oldest was born, my wife ended up with a physical problem and she had to be on pills nonstop or she would bleed. And uh, we actually did see specialists about it. There was different pills, all kind of things they tried to do. But she continued with this problem for 18 years. And she always had a desire to have more kids, and we were blessed actually to adopt three kids in that time frame. So our oldest, 22, that uh, was biological, then three adopted. And God blesses us abundantly, and it's amazing. And I want to say this, if you've ever felt a passion to adopt, it feels exactly the same as birthing your own, but with no pain, as my wife said. Anyhow... <laughs> The bond, the connection, it's God giving a child into your family. It is similar to him giving a child in the womb. But I do realize for the wife, you miss all that part. But just so you know, it's amazing. There's no difference for our love for them. Uh, but anyhow, that's a side note. Maybe somebody's been wondering about adoption here today. But speaking of adoption, God's just saying do this. What does it say about us? says that we're adopted into his family, doesn't it? Think about that. So trust me, adoption is powerful and real and uh, can change a child's life. So if that's something been on your heart, kind of look into it a little more. I think God's saying that. Okay, let me get back to where I was. Sometimes I get so excited about what I'm feeling someone needs to hear, I forget where I was. But uh, we were talking about healing and importance and my wife receiving a healing. So after the adoptions, uh, Many years in, she was asking God about getting healed. And she'd asked him before, but this time she realized that she had like a revelation of how good God was and that he wanted her healed. And that it wasn't going to be about uh, how much she did or saying everything perfectly or anything. It was just she got this revelation. He is so good. She said, you know what? He's so good. He wants me healed, so I'm healed. And she went into the washroom the next morning, and she looked in the mirror, and she said, God is so good, I'm healed. She went in the washroom the next morning, and she said, God is so good, that's why I'm healed. The third morning, she went in the washroom, looked in the mirror, and said, God is so good, that's why I'm healed. And she said, all of a sudden, this time, she knew she wasn't just saying it, she felt it. She felt it in her and she knew something just happened because God is so good. 
And she came and told me about it and said, I know God healed me, so I'm not going to take my pills. Now, don't do this. Doctors know what they're talking about. If God is truly healed, you'll know. And so I said, okay, but make sure you keep track. And, you know, I wanted to make sure she's okay. Because she tells the story, and she'll tell you that a couple times previously in those 18 years, she just got mad at God and said, I'm just going to quit my pills, and you have to heal me or I'll die. That's not how you receive healing, by the way. That's not believing. That's getting mad and trying to blackmail God. It doesn't work. So please don't do that. But this time was very different. She just realized how good he was. And so, sure enough, she was completely healed. Her cycles were regular from there on out. And about a year later, she said, Well, God, you're so good you healed me. I want to have another baby. And uh, for those of you who know us, God blessed her. And two years ago, we had another amazing little girl. And uh, so God is real. His promises are true. And yes, she's still healed and healthy today. So God does heal. Now, i got to get back to the story in the scripture because I was in the middle of a story. So this woman got healed. But remember, Jesus was on his way with Jairus because his little daughter was at home sick and about to die. And we pick up that story again in Mark chapter 5, verse 35. It says, while he was still speaking, talking about Jesus, still talking to the crowd and the woman, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the teacher any further. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Now you got to look at those words because it's nice and big up there on the screen. There's believe and then there's the opposite of believe. Did you know fear is the opposite of believing? But let me explain a little more to you. Fear actually believes something, but it believes the opposite. You see, fear believes that the worst is going to happen. That's what fear is. Oh, I'm going to break down. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to die. Whatever it is, fear believes the worst is ahead. Faith believes the best is coming. Did you know that? So faith and fear are the opposite, but they actually both are believing something. So if you've been walking or living in fear, I'm going to ask you, why not believe for something else? Instead of believing for the absolute worst and horrible, believe for the best because the God you serve is good. He loves you and he's going to give you his best. Jesus healed all who came to him, believing. They got to the house where the little girl was and there was people weeping and mourning outside because she was dead. And Jesus went in and said, No, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. Now he knew she was dead. But he is making a statement that for him, death is no different than being asleep. He can say, wake up, and you wake up. Okay? I want to tell you something. The God you serve, your problem isn't too hard for him. Even death to him is just like someone being asleep. Our problems, he can handle if we'll believe him. So they laughed at Jesus when he said that because they know when someone's dead, they, you know, these professional mourners have been there before. But he t- tells them all to leave the room. And then he looks at the little girl and he takes her by the hand and he says, rise up. And just like that, she wakes up. She wakes up 
completely well. But interestingly, Jesus needed somebody to believe. Healing doesn't happen by accident. Healing happens when people believe. If you want to stand back and just maybe something will happen, that's not how it works. You pursue what God has already done, and you must believe. Acts 10 and verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus healed all. Now, two things in this verse I want you to see. Jesus healed all. It's a few times in Scripture, and there's no story in Scripture where Jesus said, no, I'm not going to heal you to somebody. You won't find it, okay? Nowhere. There's nowhere where Jesus said, nope, I'm sorry, God gave you that to teach you a lesson. You won't find a story that says that. There's nowhere where someone came to him and said, you know, I'm really in a bad place, and Jesus said, oh, well, you're going to come out better because God's going to just bless you. No. He healed them all. I'm just going to tell you that straight out. That's just a fact. So all were healed. I actually had someone one time tell me, well, I think sometimes God uh, lets us be sick because it'll teach us a lesson or, you know, he just wants it for us, maybe our pride. That's not how God teaches lessons. Let me say this. If you've been sick and got close to God and he brought you further, he brought good and it's awesome. But he didn't put the sickness on you to bring good. He can bring good without sickness. Do you know that? I said he can bring good without sickness. But praise him that he'll turn anything for good if you put your hand in his hand. And if you're here today and you're struggling with sickness, don't be discouraged. Don't be depressed or think oh, I don't like this message, just give it to him and continue to believe him. And we should always believe him for the best. I heard a speaker talking about healing, just an ordinary guy really, but he was speaking about healing in a church and he's seen many healings in his life. And he said this, he said, I would rather be sick and believe God for healing until the day I die, because when I die, I'm going to be healed for sure. I would rather believe that about him then believe he doesn't heal for my whole life and can't heal anybody and die. Do you see the difference? Now, I told you Jesus saw all healed. I've prayed for some people and they weren't healed. I've seen many healed. I don't completely understand, but I continue to believe that he wants people healed. And of course, I do understand that people need to believe. True healing comes when you can believe for it. It really isn't about the person praying. See, the price has already been paid. It's for you if you believe it. Okay, I said that a few times. I'm going to continue on. Matthew, or sorry, there's one more point I want to get out of that verse. He healed all who were oppressed by the devil. Everybody say oppressed. So interestingly, he's lumping all the healings under oppression of the devil. I think there's other scriptures as well that talk about him uh, healing in that way. I think this is a clear picture for you and I to see that healing comes from oppression or the devil and not from God. Or sickness, did I say healing? Sickness comes from oppression and the devil. 
When God created the earth, there was no sickness. Because of sin and a fallen world, we now have sickness and death. Remember, the wages of sin is death. There wasn't even death. So we do understand this wasn't God's plan. This was not his Garden of Eden for us. This was as a result of sin. So please, never get comfortable with sickness. Always believe for healing, however long it takes. Also, I want to say one more thing about this. Not all sickness is necessarily spiritual. So we're talking about being oppressed of the devil. Uh, As we're looking at sickness... You can't say that every sickness is spiritual, but there are some that are actually very spiritual. Remember the story of Jesus and the woman who was bent over like this and couldn't get up? How did she get healed? It says that he rebuked a spirit of infirmity or sickness. So some sicknesses are very spiritual, but it would be wrong to say they all are. What do I mean by that? Um, Let's say you're walking somewhere and you... Hit your toe really hard on a rock and it, you don't have a broken toe and you got to go see doctor for your broken toe. You don't have a spirit of broken toe. You know what I'm saying, okay? You just need it wrapped up properly and you'll heal, okay? However, there are times when you come against a sickness and it spiritually, it spiritually originates. Then you have to deal with the spiritual part. You can't only deal with the natural, okay? Everybody okay with that? Nobody's freaked out? Nobody's leaving? Okay. I want to say at this point in the message, if you came today and you're sick in some way, I want you to begin to believe for healing as we're going through the message. Okay? I want you to begin to, in your mind, think, hey, healing is for everybody. I can have it for me. I just want you to begin to think that and expect it. And you may be healed before we're even done preaching this message. This is the third time I've preached this message because we have a Saturday night and a 9 a.m. And at Saturday night, we had a number of people healed even before the message was done. We have people healed through the message, after the message. It was amazing. God healed so many. Know this. God wants to heal you even while we speak. Healing comes when we believe it, not because there's a powerful person going to pray for you. And the second thing I want you to begin to think about as we preach, are you willing to pray for other people to be healed? So, at the Saturday night, I mentioned this. Again, I have heard many people speak. I love testimonies of healing and stuff, but I heard someone mention this, and they said, a headache is never just a headache. I was like, where is this person going with this? What do they mean? And he shared a little story. He said, Uh, There was a lady we prayed for, and I believe it was at a restaurant. She had a headache, so we prayed for her. God instantly healed her headache, and then she gave her life to Christ because she realized he must be real. How did that happen? So he said, a headache is never a headache. A headache can be an opportunity for someone's life to be changed. So here's where I'm going to give it to you. Are you willing to take this outside the walls of your church? Family, people at your workplace, people you meet in the grocery store. Are you willing, and I'm going to start easy, are you willing to pray for someone's headache? Okay? And I'm going to show you how. Because it's really simple. And uh, I think there's something we sometimes overlook. And I want you from now on to see them as an opportunity 
to help someone forward in their life, okay? So we're going to believe, and I'm going to show you this is how you would pray for someone who had a headache. So this could be in your family, just a friend. Now, again, you understand it's not you. You don't have to be perfect, but it's what Christ did, and you're going to use the authority. And it's not like praying for your food or your devotion time. Praying for healing is different. And you can go through scripture and check this out. So if I knew she's a believer, I'd say, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder to pray for you? Maybe she's a non-believer and I'm in the grocery store and I'm thinking, okay, she's not going to be comfortable with me putting a hand. You don't have to, right? You don't have to. Healing can come through laying out of hands. Healing can come just through speaking it. So I'm going to say we're in the grocery store and I kind of know her and she's mentioned this headache, and I'm going to ask, oh, you have a bad headache. Is, is it all right if I pray for your headache? Because God could heal her. Is that okay? If she says no, don't pray for her. But if she says yes, I'm like, okay, pray in a calm voice. I mean, you can pray loud if you want to. And, uh, you know, if I'm in the grocery store and I hear someone four aisles over going, in the name of Jesus, I'll know you're from our church. But anyways, <laughs> it can be just calm like a conversation. Okay? Because it's your authority, not your volume. Okay? So I would pray like this. I'd say, and I like to start with thanking God because he's good, but you don't even have to do that. You can go straight to the thing. and say, thank you, Lord, you want to heal my friend here. I command this headache, leave her now. All pain go in Jesus' name. Okay? And then always after I pray something that, I ask, so how does it feel? Is it less or gone? Uh, make sure and do that. And also, if you're a believer, you can pray for yourself too. You can actually, and especially if you're praying for yourself and something starts moving around, just take your authority and say, any spiritual thing attached to this, get out. Okay? Everybody's still okay? I haven't freaked anybody out yet? That's good. We're Pentecostal church, and sometimes Pentecostal churches get a reputation that they're scary and weird. I believe the Holy Spirit is not scary or weird. And he does have permission to do what he wants, though. Okay? All right. How are we doing for time? I got to start getting to the end of this. The disciples healed those who came to them believing as well. And I'm going to go through this fairly quickly. I want to read you this story in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going to the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked on him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. So healing came, and I want to say it again. What happened? They thought about it. What were they doing while they were looking intently at him? This guy could be healed. Jesus paid for it. This guy could be healed. They thought about it. Then they spoke it. Peter says, hey, I don't have what you're looking for, but I do have something better. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now, we don't know how much time went between that and Peter saying, he didn't get up. I guess I'm going to take some action. He grabs him by the hand and helps him. 
Think about it, speak it, take action. The man is completely healed and God is glorified. And many understand that Christ is real and you can read the rest of that story. Another amazing story in Acts is Acts chapter 5, verse 14. And Peter is involved in this one as well. It says, Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. And as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. When Christ heals, he doesn't turn anybody away who's believing. Now, this story is really quite amazing, but the people begin to hear you can get healed. These apostles are praying in the name of Jesus, and people are being healed. We should go or take our sick friends and go. But as they came, there was crowds, and they realized we can't get close to him. And somebody said, you know, I bet his shadow going over us will heal us. And sure enough, someone got healed. Now the word went out. If you just get them there, the sick people lay them down. Peter's shadow going by, you'll get healed. What was happening? They were believing that if Peter's shadow fell on them, they'll be healed. Did Peter do the healing? Did his shadow do the healing? No. The power that Jesus already paid for, his shed blood made the healing available, and that's the way they could believe for it. If they could have all said, you know what, if we just get in the same town as him will be healed, they would have been healed when they got in the same town. It's what they believed. Okay, so healing came and they all were healed. Walking in daily health is meant for you and I. And this is my last portion of scripture today as we begin to wrap up. It's in Matthew 15 and verse 21. It said, Jesus went out from there and departed from the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered and said, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Okay, what happened here? This woman heard about Jesus she began to think about, hey, my daughter can be healed if I get to him. Then she obviously talked about it. She kept calling him, hey, Jesus, my daughter, Jesus, my daughter. And finally, she batted his feet and one more time said, you have the power, give it to me. At this point, Jesus was first sent to the Jews, and that's what he tells her, I'm sent to the Jews first. And he makes a statement that I want you to see that's very important. He says, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. Her great faith was, first of all, that she wouldn't quit. And secondly, that she knew that just crumbs of what he had would be enough to heal her daughter. She knew his power was way beyond what was needed. Do you know the God you serve, his power is way beyond what you're looking for? Way beyond. 
When she said that, Jesus said, okay, it's yours. But as we wrap up today, I want you to hear and see something clearly. He says, healing is the children's bread. Bread was something that in that culture and time, they ate daily. It was just plain old food, bread, every day. He is saying here that healing for you and I is a daily thing that we should walk in and have just like having toast for breakfast. It's that easy, that simple. We should not think of as, oh, maybe if everything is just right, I'll get this angel and lightning bolts and it will be... Get up in the morning the same way you have your toast and say, thank you for healing. It's mine. It's the children's bread. God wants you and I to walk daily in healing, and it begins, do you believe? If you can believe it, you can walk in it. I want to encourage you today, church, let's believe. All right, so I'm going to pray for healing, and as the Holy Spirit leads, if there's specific things, I'll bring those out, and they'll be for you. So bow your head with me, and I'm going to pray over you. So Lord, I thank you for every person here today. I thank you that... There are believers here who believe that healing is for them. Lord, I declare right now, because of how good you are, because Christ already paid the price, I declare healing over every person in this place. Lord, even like you did Saturday night, not a single person left who didn't receive what they needed. Lord, I declare that at the 11 a.m. service as well. Lord, if it's a mental need, we speak healing to it right now. Lord, if it's a physical need, we command the body to line up and work the way it was created to work. And Lord, if there's a spiritual problem, I bind every spiritual force that would bring sickness to anybody and we command it to be gone from their lives. I thank you, Lord. This is a body that walks in health and brings health to other people from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.